Good morning, and welcome to WSAU Feedback. I'm Maggie Ellison. Thanks for joining me this morning. Delighted to have joining me on the program, investigative journalist extraordinaire, I'll add that on to it, Jessica McBride from Wisconsin right now. Good morning, Jessica. Good How are morning, you? Meg. How are you? Good. Hey, what's uh, let's just talk a little weather before we dive into the fun topic of politics. Um, what's the weather like down where you are? It's actually raining, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that weird? We it's had like raining yesterday. with no snow. Yeah. yeah. We, and it's kind of a bummer because it's sort of depleting our uh, supply of snow here and making our roads like ice rinks. So not well, too fun I wanted fond to of go that. skiing. You know, I wanted to go to little Switzerland or something and go skiing, but there's no snow left. Did you go skiing at Granite Peak when you were growing up? At all? I went to a place called Christie Mountain, which maybe some of your listeners remember because it was up by, you know, where I grew up, which was Ladysmith, up in the northwestern part of the state. But it was called Christie Mountain. I don't know if it's still there, but I used to go there a lot in high school. I, a lot of fun. Initially, I thought you said crispy, and I was like, "Ooh, we've been talking a lot." There was a evidently a a fire at a dairy in Portage County, and. Uh, there was a lot of, and I'm not kidding you, I'm not making this up, but there was melted butter that they had to contend, the firefighters had to contend with. And I, I, my ears perked up and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm having popcorn today with melted butter on it. I don't know where it, that came I from. Don't but, know, I don't yeah. even know where to go with that one. I guess <laughs> yeah. only in northern Wisconsin. Yeah, well, of course. But uh, maybe that's something you can, the, uh, the, the dairy fire that melted all their butter, you can cover that on Wisconsin right now in the future. Yeah, maybe we should do a story about that, Meg. Yes, That's okay. entertaining. People are sick of politics. Goes they with need some humor. The uh, melted butter from Portage goes with Robin Voss's popcorn. Hey, there. There we go. There you go. <laughs> Meg, you just can't help yourself. I know. I know. Of go course. right for the controversy right. every topic. Yes. It's fun. It's fun. What can I say? Well, so, I'm teasing. Yeah, yeah. I know. Well, so let's talk. Let's let's start by talking about uh, the the upcoming state supreme court race. And we were we were chatting off air about it, and just how at this point I just said, you know, it, it would be fantastic if we could. I've said this a number of times over the course of the morning that if Republicans could figure out how to come together and actually push both of our candidates over the finish line, both Jennifer Doro and Dan Kelly, into the spring election, and then we would have two conservatives from which to choose. So I think what's happening right now is even the left is, is worried that in a four-way primary, a technically nonpartisan primary, very low turnout because it'll be in February, that you know anything could happen. You have a situation where they're all in the 20 percentile or something, and yeah, I mean, who knows? It's theoretically possible that Dan Kelly and Jennifer Doro, the two conservatives, could get through. So what you see happening right now, <clears throat> excuse me, is that the knives have come out for one of the two liberals, a Dane County judge named Everett Mitchell. There was just a horrible story about him in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, an old sexual assault accusation involving his ex-wife, I mean, first of all, I mean, it came up in the middle of a custody dispute. He was never investigated or prosecuted. He adamantly denies it. And, you know, she gave quotes today sort of on his side. So it seems like, you know, I'll be honest with you, anyone can sort of say anything in a, a very high conflict custody, dis, you know, situation. But I, I thought it was interesting that, like, the knives have come out for him. And I'll be honest with you, I think he's actually 
the candidate that, you know, conservatives would want to run against in the general. I think he's a weaker candidate on the left. So I'm wondering if this is the left trying to take out its own to clear the decks for the other liberal to get through more, you know, in a more likely fashion. And and that's um, a, a, a liberal Milwaukee County judge named Janet Protasewicz. So it's getting pretty ugly on the left. Now, you were you were mentioning when you know before I came on the show, and I thought it was a great point. Like the the left is so continually hypocritical, though, because publicly I don't see them calling out this guy. But you know, what about the Me Too movement? And weren't we supposed to believe all women, no matter what they say, or whether anything was investigated, or it happened thirty years ago, or something? Right. Well, that goes out the window when it's when it's a, a liberal. I think it's confounding for them, too, because if I'm not mistaken, this particular candidate is black. And I think that that's one of the checkboxes that the uh, the Democrats like for their candidates. And so is he untouchable because he's black and he's a Democrat? I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not sure which which uh, characteristics trump uh, the others, because then there's a uh, on uh, the other candidate is a woman. So I don't know if that has a higher weight on their on you know on their litmus test or I don't, I'm kind of being sarcastic but you know what I, you you see what I well saying. that's how they think you right. know that is literally how they think they're constantly ticking off identity politics boxes but of course if if someone on on the right ticks them off like Jennifer Doro or something like then they forget about it and they don't care but one thing I really wanted to take a moment just just to remind your listeners and um, maybe they all know this already but I mean I think it's worth worth saying is that this is a nonpartisan primary. So, you know, I know a lot of people skip February primaries. I'll be really honest with you. I've probably skipped a few in my lifetime. Um, And then they just assume, well, one Republican will get through, you know, kind of like a partisan primary, you know, like we'll get Clay Fisher Michaels or whatever, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And then they assume that they'll vote in April at the general election and they'll have, you know, a Republican to choose from and a Democrat to choose from. So they could sit out February. That's not the case here. Is I'll say it again. It is theoretically possible that both Democrats come through and no Republicans come through in February. And that's because the way this works is the top two of four will advance, the top two vocators. And it's, it's not divided by party. It's not like you get one on one side and one on the other. It's all mixed together because technically it's a nonpartisan race. Now, that's like a complete joke. Everyone you know, knows who the liberals are and knows who the conservatives are. These liberals are running a very aggressively partisan campaign in terms of rhetoric, you know, running around and, and falsely calling Doro and, and Kelly radical right-wing extremists and all their typical, you know, nonsense language. But the point is, conservatives really need to get off their sofas and go vote in the February primary, and they should drag all their friends and neighbors with them. Well, and I think uh, off off the top of my head, I think of what could potentially happen if uh, the makeup of the Wisconsin Supreme Court changes. And I, I think we can talk about right to work, Act 10, prevailing wage, concealed carry, and the 1849 abortion law. And, you, you know, we, we've all, and we'll talk about this. I guess it's a good transition. But uh, last week, uh, Robin Voss announced that he had enough votes in the assembly to push forward some uh, exceptions to the 1849 uh, uh, abortion law. And he's doing so 
and I, I think you and I talked about this actually off air, perhaps, uh, maybe even on air. I don't remember, but um, it's a game of chess, and Robin Voss is doing this because he's he's the only one at this point uh, that has in the Republican legislature that has met with uh, Evers. And my guess is that during the course of, and I'll have to talk to him about this, but my guess is during the course of their conversation, he realized, well, Tony Evers isn't going to compromise on anything. And so he wants to call his bluff. And so so now we have, uh, we have a situation where uh, we're not, uh, Republicans aren't even going to be able to expose that in Tony Evers before, especially before this, uh, this primary. But for anyone to deny that it's it's not that this is not going to be an issue with a Supreme Court with a different makeup, they're they're delusional. Well, you're 100 percent right. And Tony Evers is not going to compromise on a single thing. And that is because he is counting on liberal winning the state Supreme Court race. And then they're going to do their little wish list that they're going to run it through the court. And we know this will happen. They've basically said they will do this. So the one thing I wanted to add to your list of, you know, nightmarish possibilities of what the court would undo would be the the maps, legislative redistricting maps that have given Mm -hmm. us a Republican majority. And this left-wing judge, Protosewicz, she has actually brought the maps up in interviews to liberal publications how unfair she thinks they are for democracy and blah, blah, blah. Now, these have gone through, these are not unfair for democracy, but this is their line. And so she's actually prejudged that issue. So, you know, the left, they know that, honestly, one of the only things working for us in the state right now is legislative races. So they're desperate, desperate to undo that. To say what you want about Robin Voss, but like he's holding the line against Evers right now. There's a lot of stuff that Evers can't get done because there is a Republican-controlled legislature. So this race is so incredibly serious. Like I cannot begin to underscore how much the state Supreme Court race matters because, you know, I think a lot of listeners know there's Brian Hagedorn on the Supreme Court right now, and he was elected as a conservative he sided with the left wing of the court in some really big election cases. But the fact remains that right now, the liberals on the court, they need Brian Hagedorn to get anything done. So they need to count on him switching over. And in a lot of cases, he doesn't, right? I mean, a lot of cases, he sides with the conservative wing of the court. And people have to remember, this is an election for a conservative seat. This is for the seat held by Pat Rogensack, who is a, a very strong conservative. So it's an outright, you know, flip if the liberals get this one. And then they don't even need Hagedor and they just can do what they want. They'll have an extremely left-wing activist, aggressively activist majority on the court. And and I think you're going to see them doing um, some th- some shenanigans using a concept called new federalism, which to boil it down would mean that they could that everything would end with the state supreme court, and they would couch things in the state constitution so that it can't be appealed to the U.S. Constitution, and so there'd be no appeal beyond them in some circumstances. Also, it, it's exceptionally problematic. They're going to spend millions and millions and millions of dollars and you know we have to get our voters out to the polls that's just the bottom line well and i mean 
The Democrats' MO is, is obviously, as you just said, to, to do an end around because the Republican legislature is not going to, uh, to, to give in to what Tony Evers and, and the Democrats want to accomplish. And so they're going to do it by uh, putting all their efforts into winning this upcoming state Supreme Court race. So, you, I mean, it's, it's, it's so accurate that we have, th- this is probably the most critical election in, in uh, <laughs> a decade. And, and I mean, I'm, I'm so, so concerned about all of the legislation, the good legislation that uh, Scott Walker and his administration and the Republican legislature accomplished during his tenure. And to think that that could all be undone by a, a, a left-leaning state Supreme Court. Yeah, and I have no trust that they would be fair. I'm just being honest. I think they'll be activists. And, you know, one thing that no one talks about that I'm pretty angry about and frustrated about, and I spoke to Robin Voss about this the other day, is he tried, back in the Dan Kelly race, when Dan Kelly lost to, you know, a a liberal um, in 2020 in the last Supreme Court race, and set up this situation where now maybe the left can win a majority with one more, you know, election. Robin Voss spearheaded a measure to move the primary, um, I'm sorry, to move the general election in the state Supreme Court race in 2020 out of the presidential primary. So if you remember, the reason Dan Kelly lost his seat is it was in April and um, Donald Trump was on the ballot, but he didn't have an opponent, whereas there was a Democratic presidential primary. It was Biden and Bernie. And so that drove all the lefties to the polls that April and the conservatives sat home because there was really no contest on their side of the ballot. And so it was this incredibly lopsided um, you know, election with so many more Democrats going to the polls, which was totally predictable. So Voss said, I was trying to avoid that and move the Supreme Court race off that ballot. So it's on a, you know, a date by itself. And Dan Kelly would have a fighting chance to retain his seat. He's the conservative, right, who's now running again. And he got annihilated in that race by, I don't know what it was, some double digits. I think something like 10.5% because of that lopsided, you know, thing that was going on. And and Voss couldn't get, you know, other Republicans in the legislature to go along with moving that date. So, I don't know. Sometimes our our side defeats itself. Right, right. Well, don't say sometimes. Don't say sometimes. It happens way too often. And, you know, when, when love or hate Robin Voss, when he does something, there's a strategy behind it. And if people aren't paying attention to that, obviously he doesn't want to to give Democrats the the exceptions that he's proposed that he proposed last week it's all about the chess game it's all about a strategy to expose Tony Evers and to to show how far left and how radical they truly are to the electorate here in Wisconsin so to get them to yeah. realize that they don't want exceptions they want everything they want they, they don't want any restrictions on abortion. And that's really what the Democrats want to achieve. And he's trying to expose that. You're 100% right for the state Supreme Court race because the left is once again trying to make it all about abortion, right? Right. And I know with, like, Jennifer Doro, for example, they've got nothing. Like, she hasn't spoken about abortion. Now, I've spoken to Jennifer um, recently. I've known her, like, 15 years 
I'm not her best friend or something, but like I've known her and been in the same circles as her and for like 15 years because she's from Waukesha County where I live and so forth. Her husband's a former Waukesha cop and I know she's conservative. So people can trust. Yeah, I believe she's conservative, but she hasn't run around and had a reason to have ideological writings on abortion or something like that all over the place. So the left doesn't have much to work with with her on that kind of a question. And they're worried about that, I think. And so they're trying to attach her. Like I saw one ridiculous article well, they, where they trashed her on abortion because Eric Tony endorsed her. Mm-hmm. And like, okay, first of all, Eric Tony's reasonable. But secondly, he's, you know, a respected district attorney, ran for attorney general, and his endorsement of her had nothing to do with abortion. Well, and so yeah. that's how desperate they are to right. attach abortion to this issue. They, they want to make it the issue of the campaign. So what Robin Voss is doing is he's trying to shift that narrative and expose that actually Republicans are reasonable on this. Because, you know, I, we've talked about this before. The fact of the matter is that when it comes to exceptions for rape and, and incest in life of the mother, um, I mean, most people in the state, I think, are in that place, to be honest. I, I'm not... <laughs> I'm against abortion for um, and even in the cases of rape, but I understand it's a tougher call, and I understand a lot of people don't agree with me on that. But anyway, the point is, he, he wants to show Republicans are reasonable, Evers is not, you're right, he wants unfettered abortion, right? Mm-hmm. Probably late-term abortion, I'm sure. They, they want it all. Right, well... Um, but Voss can't get that through, he can't get a lot of this through the, the Republican... Senate leader, Devin LeMayhew, who seems to not understand the strategy here. Yeah, it's frustrating. Well, Very much. We're, we're out of time. That's the most frustrating thing, because I always enjoy talking with you. Jessica McBride, thank you so much for all that you're doing on behalf of uh, c- the conservative movement, and uh, keep up the great work. Wisconsin, is it Wisconsin right? Is it spelled out, or is it WI right now? No, it's spelled out, wisconsinrightnow.com. If you Google that or just go to wisconsinrightnow.com, literally the URL, you'll get to the site. You can sign up for a push notification or newsletter if you don't want to have to check it every day, right? And our stories will be sent to you. Uh, But we appreciate all the help that you give us, Meg. And I also want to thank you for all your work. We didn't get to it, but we had a winners of the year list that we just published. And you are on it, Meg. Thank Um, you. Very well earned, the work you're doing up there, you know, in in your area of the woods. um, It's really, really important to the conservative cause to have talk radio spreading throughout the state. And we appreciate what you do. So you were named a winner of the year. Oh, thanks. Well, I appreciate that. uh, The only part that I would uh, argue with, I think I saw it and you said something about tireless. (laughs) I told you this. (laughs) I'm, I'm really tired. Always. I'm always tired. Well, thanks again, Jessica. I appreciate again your time. Hope you have a great day, and we'll talk again soon. You too, Meg. Thanks. Going to go roll right into the 830 News right after this break on WSAU.